right. Hello and welcome. Hello. I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. We're Sweet Sweet Death and we're here yet again for... Oh, I'm sorry. Your gain is so low. We're not going to do it again, though. (laughs) So, um, we're good? Yes? Yeah, we're good. Hooray. Okay, that was it. (laughs) Thanks for showing up. (laughs) Um, Well, we went to a bar last night. We went to Muff of the Mother down in old Colorado City. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm sad you guys bailed because it was, I know. yeah. I should have stayed later since Dylan ended up wanting to eat anyways. Just like. That fucker. And dude, they had pretty good food too. Yeah, it was good. Those french fries were so good. Yeah, dude, they were really good. He was right. There was like a slight funnel cake <laughs> vibe to those french fries. And yeah. it was beautiful, yeah. honestly. Mm. I got some shitty french toast and really sad about sad. that yeah. yeah it was fine it didn't look that crispy like it didn't and i love french toast breakfast to me is the greatest meal of the day yeah. i'm like very ron swanson in that regards <laughs> i love eggs like eggs are literally my favorite food like no lie huh. um so i was just kind of bummed like yeah. it, nothing really spoke to me yeah there breakfast all day drinking um then we played darts we were most people were pretty drunk Luckily, dude, the darts are not real darts. I didn't realize oh. they have like the plastic tipped darts. Oh, yeah. Thank God, that has to have had saved thousands of eyeballs <laughs> across this country. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of darts and flying through the air. I missed just about every time. I rarely stuck the dart yeah. actually in the board. It usually it's went hard. flying off. Have you played it before, like yeah, at a bar? I've only played darts like once at a bar. It was actually really fun though. Oh, but yeah. yeah, it was hard. I like sucked at it. Yeah, and then this one girl it. was like amazing at it, and I was just like, "What the hell?" I was like, "Yeah, well, because the one guy he he wanted to play, but he plays pretty regularly, oh. so he was able to hit just about every time. Only missed a couple times, and uh, doing trick shots and shit. I was like, "Fuck oh. you, man!" <laughs> I eventually just had to start throwing differently. I was like, "I can't do this. Yeah. It's, it's like going everywhere." <laughs> yeah, embarrassing. Are um, are there the people who? Pl- play D D with you were they oh there, yeah, yeah 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 i was wondering that so two of them were two of them do play D with us and then uh the other ones are just work friends uh, okay yeah again i am the oldest one by far <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they all seemed about i don't know I no like they were all like mid-20s kind of, really. yeah that one girl you said who was like 19 or 20 or whatever yeah. she seemed like she looked like she was like 30 or something oh, shit. Like that for some reason <laughs> i don't know uh, i told her she was an old soul and she didn't take kindly to that <laughs> Maybe that's why I was thinking that. She Maybe gives off that old. Soul she's a very mature person. Like it's to the point uh, where she's not enjoying gonna yeah. enjoy her twenties. <laughs> it's like, man, you gotta let loose. You gotta relax. Life is short. I was trying to tell her. I was like, listen, the odds, like the odds of us ending up here in this moment are astronomical. Like enjoy this moment, you know. And yeah. she was just like, whatever. <laughs> oh. And then I wanted to announce, well, not announce, I don't know, I'm not announcing anything, but like, I read that Target is having, did you see that? Target's having like massive sales. No. Because they're having an inventory issue where they can't, they have a ton of new inventory they need to put into the stores, but people are broke as fuck. So they're like, to the point where they actually announced to their shareholders, like, you're going to lose money. Like, wow. don't expect money because we have to get rid of this inventory. So, Dang. if you're looking to shop, man, oh, hell yeah. go My check out Target. Loves Target too. I should tell her, dude. Tell her to go like immediately. Because I even told John to go today. I was like, uh, why don't you go check like maybe how much See TVs are sales. like? Huh. So they're already starting the sale. I think they're already starting, or if they haven't, then soon. 
nice. But it seems like something they're like pretty eager to get shit out of their stores so that they can put new inventory in huh. to fuck us over in different ways. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I just saw the Stranger Things poster and remember this, but my friend uh, went to Walmart and she sent me like a snap or whatever. They're selling like Surfer Boy pizzas or whatever. <gasps> Have you seen those? No, I haven't. It looks like it's like in the like pizza box from like oh my God. the shop or whatever, but um. Yeah, it seemed cool. I wanted to get one, even though it's, like, not vegan or anything like well, that. But whatever. You can give it to somebody. Yeah, I just want the box. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, like, last night. Sorry, just to bring it up one more there time. I, like, I just wanted water, but I didn't want to, like, the bartender was busy. And it's, like, I hate the idea of taking, getting just water. I know I don't have to pay for it. Oh, yeah. But, like, not having anything to tip. And I didn't have any money on me, so I, like, ordered a drink. Just so I could get the water so that I could give her a tip of my car. Oh, my gosh. So. Did you drink it? I didn't. I just, I was like, because I had to go. Like, I needed to drive home within, like, the hours. Oh. Like, I, I don't want the, I just wanted to tip her, like, a couple bucks. Yeah. And I had no cash. So, that's what I did. Dang. I know. Very exciting stuff. Shit. It wasn't that expensive, honestly. Dude, it was only 30 Some No, it was just over 30 bucks. Yeah. I think for me. And I got the French toast and two drinks. Yeah, I was like, wow, it was pretty cheap. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry. No, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> you're just, your little voice, like, sound waves went away. It's like, oh, oh okay. No. I know, I'm quiet. There's a girl oh, I work yeah. with. Sorry. There's a girl I work with, Taz, and she's literally, like, the most quiet person I've ever met. Like, Yeah. Yeah, there's a chick. Actually, the chick that was, one of the chicks that was there last night, she is incredibly soft-spoken, and it's like, Sometimes she's looking at you and her lips are moving and it's like there's <laughs> nothing coming out yeah. of you. <laughs> so, yeah. I get it. That's how Taz is. I'll be like, good morning. And she's like. It <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like a little breath of air came out or something. Just a, but a baby's breath coming out. <laughs> uh, fuck, otherwise I don't have a lot going on. Just like researching this like crazy. Still trying to ride my fat ass to work. Uh, oh my god, I got screamed at by a dude. Like, what? fucking screamed at. I did, like, yell at him a little first. Oh. I didn't know his window was down, and he, like, freaked the fuck out on me. So, like, I was just out past my street. I'm in the street. I'm riding. But he's like, dude, I don't think cars realize how nerve-wracking it is, even though you know you're not going to hit the person. Yeah. Like, when you're right on their ass or right next to them, like, it freaks me out. Yeah. So... It's like, I'm a, just a fat girl on a little bike, you know, you're in a big ass car yeah. that could easily kill me. So like, he's right there and he's just hovering right next to me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Cause people get weird where they don't want to go around you or yeah. they, and it's like, would you just, if you have plenty of space, do what you need to do, but like, stop freaking me out. Cause I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but he was just hovering and finally I was like, oh my God, what? And then he like immediately, like his voice boomed. Cause like it echoed throughout the neighborhood. I like. I was actually like, I think he might get out of his car and fucking Yikes. shoot me. Yeah. Because we live in, you know, kind of the hood a little bit. <laughs> and, like, he goes, oh, my God, what? Am I going to right turn, you stupid fucking bitch? And, like, but, I mean, it was, like, intense. Like, it was, like, I slapped his fucking oh, mother at a gas station. Yeah. Like, that's the way he, like, responded to that. To me saying, oh, my God, what? And I was like, I'm nervous. I'm going to come across this guy again. He's just going to, yeah. like, bump me with his car. Like, I offended him so much by being Ew. annoyed that he was, like, yeah. right next to me on my bike. So, that was scary. That is scary. I don't like road rage. No. Especially the gas, especially if you're on your bike, too. It's just, like, 
So were you turning right too? Or? Well, I was, but it wasn't for like a little ways. So yeah. he was turning into like that bowling alley right there. Yeah. He was like turning into that bowling alley, I think to cut through, to go wherever the fuck it was he was going. Yeah. And I was trying to make a right turn on the street, just like oh. a little bit further up. So it just startled me. I assumed yeah. he was making a right turn at the street and I was just confused why he was like just not yeah. passing me. So I was agitated. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It would be too, whatever. I think his reaction I was think, a little strong. Yeah, like he could have figured it out him fucking self. Like. Or like, I'm turning. You know, I don't know, something. Yeah. Not like, I'm making a right turn, you stupid fucking bitch. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, it was so scary. Yeah. I almost died. Ugh. It's like that lady when I turned in the wrong place. And I oh, like, yeah. <laughs> dude, I still say that to people. I can't even remember what she said. What did she say? No, she said, you're going the wrong way, you stupid fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Or no, or did she just say, you dumb bitch? Oh, uh, no, I can't remember. Yeah, Shit. something like that. You stupid bitch? No, it was like, you stupid yeah. bitch. Uh, I hate being called, like, names. Yeah. Well, like, to me, <laughs> I... just, like, while I'm driving, I'm like, uh, like... Yeah. <laughs> well, like, when that dude screamed at me, I, like, yeah. I remember just having, like, dead eyes and was like, ha, ha, ha and, like, <laughs> just kept writing. Yeah. Please don't kill me, sir. I'm uh, sorry, I'll never say anything to you again. Yeah. My, um, you remember... My dad dated Ruthie or whatever, uh-huh. that crazy bitch. But her sister dated some guy who, like, literally, this was, like, in Colorado Springs a few years ago, I think. He was, like, driving or whatever, like, some kind of road rage happened with some guy and his family in a car. And the dude that Ruthie's sister was dating at the time literally got out of the car and, like, beat this dude so bad that he Holy like shit. he got like brain damage and like is like a fucking vegetable oh basically my. yeah did he go to prison for yeah, a very long time yeah he went to prison oh, i think he's still God. in prison but that was kelly's dad i think that's the kind of shit like i'm worried about i'm gonna come yeah. across where if i just accidentally say the wrong thing they just like snap yeah, yeah it's like, scary dude mm-hmm. and then to know too and like economic environment everybody's really fucking stressed yeah. everybody you know Everybody, like, recedes back into their bubbles, and they get angrier and angrier the farther back they recede. And Ugh, so, yeah, yeah, it's just, like, I did try to, like, even halfway through my ride, I was, like, I wonder, I, like, started making excuses for him a little bit, where I was, like, <laughs> well, maybe, like, his girlfriend can't get formula, or, like, maybe he yeah. just got laid off, or maybe he just got off of a 10-hour shift overnight, you know, like, yeah. I'm trying to make excuses, but at the same time, like, you also don't need to scream at yeah, fat ladies riding on Because it's like, maybe you're also having a fucking shitty yeah. day, too. It's like, he doesn't need to take it on everyone else. Like, yeah, I get it, but... Yeah. Being mad, but whatever. I don't know. I think I would have even accepted a fuck you. Like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> fuck this guy. But, like, just the... I can't even describe. Like, yeah. I wish I could give, like, the full volume, but I think it would like blow the microphones out. Yeah. yeah. And I just called it a microphone. I not hate a being microphone. yelled at, honestly. Like, yeah. Even, like, that's why that dude who I work with, too, like, how he thinks he can just, like, yell in everyone's fucking face. I'm like, oh, hold Yeah. On. I don't like... I also do not take kindly to that. <sighs> yeah. There's no reason to treat a person like that. Thankfully, yeah. I would have fucking followed him into the bowling alley and smashed No. His. No. <laughs> no, because he probably would have had a sawed-off shotgun they would have blown him away with. <laughs> wait until he goes inside and then <laughs> no key his car you're the stupid fucking bitch <laughs> then you like see him again right like, no oh <laughs> uh, oh good times right. hilarious well, i mean i've got a a pretty long one i think you've got a pretty long one too yeah did you want to i don't think it's that long but yeah 
don't know. Oh, do you want me to turn the light on? Are you good? I'm fine. Okay, cool. I'm going to light this joint up, and hopefully I can follow along. If it ever seems like I'm having a hard time following along, it's because I am. All right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Um, today I'm going to be talking, hopefully I say their names right, because I actually haven't heard them actually, like, out loud. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be talking about the murders of James Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and Michael Schwerner. Um, so just to, like, start, and these were the murders that inspired that, I think it's called Mississippi <coughs> Burning, right? Yeah, it's the got movie. Willem Dafoe and Gene Hackman. Yeah, it's from, very like, good. 1988 or something like that. But, um, yeah, so they inspired that movie. Anyways, um, <laughs> so in the early 1960s, the state of Mississippi, as well as other local and state governments in the American South, defied federal direction regarding racial integration. So this was all being fueled by a couple of different um, Supreme Court rulings, such as the Brown versus Board of Education. And that was in 1954 and it gave african-americans the right to study alongside their white peers um so this like really started to fuel violent resistance all throughout the southern states and so a variety of tactics were used to evade the law um yeah by white people so in 1955 there was a surge of violence um this is when like emmett till would be brutally murdered and um found he was like thrown into a river wasn't he or something like that with like I almost like a, did yeah. Emmett Till, and I was it's like, it's fucked up. I think yeah. they wrapped him in, like, barbed wire and tied oh it to, like, God. one of those really heavy, like, fan motors or something like that, and then threw him into a river. But um, after that happened, like, obviously, like, people were, like, outraged because I mm-hmm. think it got national attention, and so it sparked um, a ton of, like, boycotts and protests, which would bring us to, um, like, December of that same year, like... Um, people were really like getting into it now and like trying to like make people aware and that's when Martin Luther King started the um bus boycott in Alabama and he was all about like nonviolence and just kind of I guess like peaceful protests things like that you know so it started to get a lot of attention too I guess just because of how peaceful he was and you know he's fucking Martin Luther King so um yeah but he was getting like national attention and, like, people, white people were just, like, freaking out. And so then um, in 1956, a group of Southern senators and congressmen signed the Southern Manifesto, which vowed resistance to racial integration, uh, stating that they would use lawful means to stop, like, it from happening. And then I didn't, really, like, look it up too much, but I had saw that one quote or whatever that I wanted to read from it. Mm-hmm. So let me find it. Sorry. Um, it said... Sorry. You're oh, no, have it's to okay. Well, hey, it. real quick, let me um say the Emmett Till thing. Yeah. Like, I remember something about his mom made sure that it was an open casket. Oh, Even so though he see, looked like, so disfigured and horrible, she was like, I hate it. But, like, everybody needs to see. Yeah. Like, this is what happens when you have people that are out of fucking control. So, yeah, it's throw sad. that out there. Yeah. And so, okay, yeah. So they believed um, when they wrote this Southern Manifesto thing that it was like unconstitutional and that, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of dumb shit. But it mm-hmm. said, um, the unwarranted exercise of power by the court, contrary to the Constitution, is creating chaos and confusion in the states principally affected. It is destroying the amicable, amicable relations between the white and Negro races that have been created through 90 years of patient effort by the good people of both races. It has planted hatred and suspicion where there has been here for friendship and understanding. 
what in the yeah, fuck? So I thought that was crazy when I was reading that earlier. But yeah, so that's basically kind of what they were, the gist of the whole Southern Manifesto thing. So um, this is also when like the crisis at Little Rock Central High School took place um, with like the Little Rock Nine, where it's like the nine students they put into the high school. It was like an all-white high school. Oh, I don't know if you heard about that. But yeah, so just the kind of same thing, you know. Um, so this, I guess, sparked even more like resistance. And then this was making like civil rights activists just like pushing even harder for change and pressing for like stronger legislation. So um, white, res- white supremacists weren't responding well to this and they used tactics such as bombings, murders, vandalism, and intimidation in order to discourage black Mississippians and their supporters from the northern and western states. Um, so the NAACP started su- staging like the sit-ins at white-only lunch counters and this sparked the movement against segregation of public accommodations through the south in the 1960s. Um, and this sparked the Freedom Rides of 1961, which, for anyone who doesn't know, it was just um, black people basically testing the 1960 Supreme Court decision of, I don't know how to say this, Boynton versus um, Virginia, stating that segregation of buses and transportation facilities was unconstitutional. And so, um, yeah, so they were basically just like, have you heard of the Freedom Rides? Yeah, I have yeah, just them, basically yeah. the, them all getting on buses and mm-hmm. shit to see like what would happen, and so um, yeah, all of these were happening during Kennedy's presidency, and so a whole bunch of demonstrations erupted in cities and towns across the nation, and this is where we saw like media coverage of like people being like sprayed with the fire hoses and attack dogs being used on like children just like crazy shit um and then the bombings and the riots in alabama in 1963 compelled kennedy to call in federal troops and then on 19 or june 19th in 1963 kennedy sent the comprehensive civil rights bill to congress and then obviously he was assassinated and so this bill was left in the hands of lyndon b johnson who asked for the earliest possible passage of the bill so it was kind of just like everything that was happening Mm -hmm. right before these murders and then um that brings us to the white knights of the ku klux klan oh my god which was yeah just like a splinter group based in mississippi dude sorry yeah that's the group that i talk about oh really okay i'm not i almost was going to talk about them more so i'm glad you talk about them well i don't have too much to say about them sorry okay but yeah so they were founded and led by samuel bowers of laurel um membership at this time in mississippi because of everything that was happening was reaching more than like ten thousand like people joining are you laughing (laughs) um so yeah they staged like 61 uh cross burnings throughout the state and over the summer of 1964 they burned 20 black mississippi churches and so um i'm gonna talk about it later but they also burned like one of these churches that these kids had like gone to to try and get like voters rights shit but anyways so um as the summer of 1964 approached white mississippians prepared for what they perceived as like an invasion from the north and west college students had been recruited in order to aid legal local activists who were conducting grassroots community organizing i don't know what the fuck that means but um voter registration education and um drives in the state kind of a thing uh media or media reports exaggerated the number of youths expected and it said one council 
of federated organizations representative is quoted as saying that 30,000 individuals would visit Mississippi during this summer. And such reports had a jarring impact on white Mississippians and many responded by joining the white knights. So, yeah. Um, most black Mississippians were excluded from registering or voting because of the 1890 new constitution. And the status quo had long been enforced by economic boycotts and violence. So the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE, wanted to address this problem by setting up freedom schools and starting voting registration drives in the state. And so freedom schools were established in order to like educate, encourage, and register um, black citizens. So two of these CORE members, James Cheney from Mississippi, and Michael Schwerner from New York City intended to set up freedom schools for black people in Neshoba County to try to prepare them to pass the um, literary state uh, tests and stuff like that that the state requires. So on May 25th, 1964, Memorial Day, Schwerner and Cheney went to speak to the congregation at Mount Zion Methodist Church in Longdale, Mississippi, about setting up one of these freedom schools. And Schwerner had told the members, like, you've been slaves too long. We can help you help yourselves in hopes that they would register um, to just be able to vote. Uh, I lost my place. Sorry. Oh okay. God, so um, the White Knights learned of this, and they obviously started plotting ways to stop this. So in order to lure the core workers into Neshoba County, they attacked the congregation members, and they burned the church to the ground. So a month later, on June 21st, Cheney and Goodman and Sh or Cheney Goodman and Schwerner met at the, I think it's Meridian, mm -hmm. uh, COFO headquarters before going to investigate the burning of Mount Zion Church in Longdale. And uh, Schwerner had told um, COFO Meridian that if they weren't back by 4 p.m., like, to start trying to locate them because they were kind of worried about what was going to happen. So um, after their visit, the boys decided instead of taking the unpaved, narrow county um, road 491, they took Highway 16 to Philadelphia. Which I got scared while I was doing this story because I was like, Philadelphia. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be fucking Mississippi, oh, but shit. it's just like a city. So, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Thank so, yeah, if you think I'm talking about Philadelphia, I'm not. We're talking about Mississippi. So, um, yeah. So they then took Highway 19 to Meridian, figuring that it was the fastest route. And then by this time, it was like 3 p.m. and they were due back at 4. So the station wagon, which was also known to law enforcement as a core vehicle, had barely passed city limits when one of the tires went flat. And then Deputy Sheriff Cecil or Cecil um, Price turned on his dashboard, mounted to his patrol car. And then he called for officers Harry Jackson Wiggs and Earl Robert Poe of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. Um, so James Cheney was arrested for driving 65 in a 35 zone while Goodman and Schwerner were held for investigation. And so Cheney was the only black member of the three boys. The other two were white. Um, and then they were taken to Neshoba County on Myrtle Street, a block from the courthouse. So although the schedule of fines was posted on the wall and the ticket could have just been paid right there, Price, the um, dude who pulled them over, was like, you guys are going to have to stay until the justice of peace arrives to process the fine. So, yeah, they were basically just waiting. And then Schwerner had asked to place a phone call, but he was denied. So 4 p.m. had now passed and the workers in Meridian office had become worried. So by 4.45, they notified the 
um, COFO Jackson office that the trio had not returned from Neshoba County. Um, they began calling jails and police stations, inquiring about three men. And then Minnie Herring, the jailer's wife, claimed she didn't receive a phone call, but records show from um, like the core side that they did call and that I guess like she yeah she fucking lied about it because she's a bitch so um so shortly after 10 p.m on June 21st the boys were released from the county jail after Price collected the fine with no justice of peace present um and then he told them to get out of the jail and then this was the last time the boys were seen alive so on June 22nd um since Mississippi is the only was the only state without a central FBI office. Agents in New Orleans arrived to begin a kidnapping investigation. And over the course of the next few days, agents would flood Mississippi, totaling to like 200, I guess, FBI agents there. Yeah. So on June 23rd, investigators found the station wagon driven by the three young men, and it was still smoldering from an attempt to destroy it. They just like tried to burn it, I guess, um, so that any evidence would be destroyed. And by now, the case was drawing national attention, sadly, because of the two um, boys who were white, yeah. uh, Schwerner and Goodman. And so Rita Schwerner, Mickey Schwerner's wife, had even stated, because um, she was also a core member, stated, uh, the slaying of a Negro man in Mississippi is not news. It is only because my husband and Andrew Goodman were white that the national alarm has been sounded. Uh, so throughout July, investigators looked for the boys combing like woods, swamps, fields, rivers, and while they were doing this, they actually found the remains of eight African-American men. Holy shit. Yeah. So two were identified as Henry D. and Charles Monroe. And they were college students that had been kidnapped and beaten and murdered in, the May, in May of 1964. And then another corpse was found wearing just a core t-shirt. And then even less is like known about the other five bodies. So um, after six weeks of searching... A tip from an informant who would later be identified as Highway Patrol Officer Maynard King sent investigators to an earthen dam on the old Jolly Farm. Um, It was there that the FBI uncovered the bodies of the three men on August 4th. The FBI continued their investigation throughout the fall. State and local enforcement claimed that there wasn't sufficient evidence and they didn't pursue the case. So they were unable to bring charges. So instead, on December 4th, the Justice Department charged 21 men with conspiring to violate um, Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman's civil rights. And then this was brought before a federal grand jury by prosecutors, which indicted 18 men in January of 1965. And then the following month, the presiding judge, William Harold Cox, dismissed the charges against the defendant, um, saying that, the law only applied to law enforcement. Hmm. So then um, that left, like, the deputy sheriff Price and then a patrolman. Hmm. Uh, So the prosecution appealed, and then in 1966, the Supreme Court reinstated the charge, ruling that the law applied to both um, people, like civilians and law enforcement officers. And so in February of 1967, another federal grand jury indicted them in, and in October, the trial began... And um, it was in Judge Cox's courtroom, the guy who fucking dismissed them in the first place. And I guess he was known as, like, a segregationist. And Mm -hmm. he'd been – they had tried to impeach him, I guess, because during another trial there was, like, um, African-American witnesses and someone overheard him calling them chimpanzees or something like that. Yeah, so he wasn't really the best person to be (laughs) judge of all of this. Um, Yeah, so the trial proceeded and the prosecution – 
read the 1964 Confessions of Horace Doyle Barnett and James Jordan, which described what happened that night. So, um, basically, after the boys had left the police station, they were immediately followed by Deputy Sheriff Price and his 1957 white Chevrolet. And um, Price, like being a fucking asshole, had contacted Edgar Ray Killen, which was one of the leaders of the Ku Klux Klan, and he was a Baptist minister, okay? So he directed Klan members to gather in Philadelphia, the city, that evening. And as um, two full cars of Klansmen headed towards the outskirts of the city, Price released the boys from jail. And then he joined in on the pursuit. So they continued driving along Hospital Road, headed south on Highway 19, where they arrived at Pilgrim's store, but um, they couldn't stop to use the phone because there was, like, another police vehicle sitting out in the parking lot and they were like scared so they're like fuck it so they continued south toward meridian and then apparently lynch members sat in barnett's and posey's car arguing who would get to kill the three young men and then after eventually catching up with the station wagon price stopped them and forced them out of the car and into the car with the clansmen and so i didn't put this in my story really but apparently like um i think it was like price's car or something like that had like issues with the carburetor so he ended up having to, like, pull over on the side of the road, and so everyone had kind of, like, stopped, and then they were all kind of, like, fighting and talking, and so then they ended up, like, catching up with the boys again, and then that's when they were, like, forced out of their cars and everything oh, like okay. that. And then they all got into um, the cars with the Klansmen, and they drove to Rock Cut Road, and then this is where James Jordan shot Cheney, and then Wayne Roberts shot Schwerner and Goodman. Uh, they loaded the bodies into the station wagon and drove them to Old Jolly Farm, where they used a bulldozer to bury their bodies in the earthen dam. Um, the jury found seven of the defendants guilty, which was Price, Barnett, Roberts, um, James James Arledge, Billy Wayne Posey, James Snowden, and Samuel Bowers, the Imperial Wizard of Mississippi, White Dude, Knights. Those fucking names. Yeah. You know them? No, I'm just saying, like, I'm like, an imperial wizard. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> That's I, what I was it thinking. It sounds yeah. like we're playing a shitty game That's of what D&D. I was thinking. I'm like, these it's so embarrassing. Like a fucking, like, I'm a dragon. <laughs> fuck yeah. you. The imperial wizard. That's what I was thinking. It must be crazy to be, like, related to these people. Like, yeah. Ugh. Uh, so, in the three cases, the jurors failed to reach a decision. Um, one juror refused to convict a... Yeah, they failed to reach a decision because one of the jurors in the case, like, refused to convict a minister because that one asshole was, like, a (sighs) fucking minister. I know. I was like, ew. It's frustrating. So, Killen walked free, and then after unsuccessful pleas, um, the convicted men entered prison early in 1970, and they each served, like, no more than six years because I think they got, like, ten years maximum or some shit like that, and so obviously, like, they weren't behind bars for more than six. Um... And so then in 1999, the Mississippi Attorney General said that he would reopen the case. And in response to that, um, the FBI turned over more than 40,000 pages related to the investigation. Yeah. So in 2005, finally, Edgar Ray Killen um, was charged with, like, murder. They started the new trial. It drew, like, national um, attention and coverage like members of family or like the victims families were there some of them were even witnesses some just observed um and the jury I guess after hearing everything ultimately decided like okay we don't have enough evidence to charge him with uh, murder but they did find him guilty of manslaughter so 
he was sentenced to 60 years in prison and that was kind of just like the last thing that really happened with the case but yeah yeah that was the murders of whatever their names were. <laughs> i'm just kidding uh <laughs> i think it was like cheney goodman and schwerner yeah 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 but okay my sources were um i used the pbs.org and it was called murder in mississippi uh freedom summer murder and then i used wiki um with it was called like murders of cheney goodman and schwerner and then I used the Library of Congress's article titled um, The Civil Rights Act of 1964, A Strong Struggle for Freedom on LOC.gov. I think that was all my sources. But yeah. Cool. Yay. Also, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I I was like surprised though that like all they did was shoot them because... Um, yeah like, jesus i mean still fucked up but yeah yeah and then i thought it was like kind of crazy too like that chick's um like husband is literally like missing like she probably knows he's dead and she's yeah. still just like you guys only give a shit because they're fucking two yeah. white dudes involved but yeah. i mean i wonder how many conversations they had about that yeah you know like what if what if this escalates yeah. what if you know yeah it's, it's fucking sad. scary yeah it's scary to know that the brazenness behind it yeah you know like no one can stop us we can do whatever we want to do it's so crazy because like to think about like now and just like how like i feel like you really can't get away with like shit like that i mean maybe you can try it just feels like like back then like it was just like people were like killing people left and right like doing whatever the fuck they wanted like getting together in groups just incredibly violent too or like maybe not even killing but like violent threats throwing bricks through windows and like just setting things on fire just because and it's crazy how they could just like get away with this shit did you sorry this is not real life Mm -hmm. but did you see lovecraft country yeah (gasps) dude that scene where they like tape that brick to the yeah to the yeah outside of his house yeah and then they just start showing up slowly one by one man like here we are it's fucking scary like shit like that happens yeah yeah it is it's like almost like it seems like fake sometimes like obviously it's not but like just how crazy it is i'm like how did this happen yeah (laughs) well because it's like you don't really learn about it in school yeah and then it's like you learn about it as an adult and it's like so much worse than you could have thought it was like you hear these ideas or you know these occasional stories and oh they're all like none of them are connected these are all this is all linear storytelling none of them intertwine and it's like all of it it's all together and it's all terrible yeah. like yeah sorry i'm rambling yeah. no I'm i i literally feel the same way it's just like ugh. yeah makes mm-hmm. me sick i'm glad that i <clears throat> fucking wasn't alive in that time Dude, right either it's a embarrassing. i would have been persecuted yeah. for for not aligning thinking correctly yeah. or b i'd have just bought the bullshit Even worse, yeah. yeah been a part of the problem <laughs> so all right I'm going to go for mine. I cannot believe that these, like, well, just the fact that you did it, but, like, (laughs) that there was a lot more maybe connected. Oh, look at that. These stories are intertwining. But, like, how how much crossed over. But it's still different. Like, I'll I'll be talking about similar themes, but it's, like, still different. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to cover the murder of Vernon Dahmer. Um, so, oh, and I just wanted to say too, you know how we're talking about, oh, it's so crazy back then, how crazy it was. And then I saw the story when I was looking at mine. Did you see that story about, um, they left some KKK flyers on these, 
the doorsteps of this black church talking uh-uh. about how multiculturalism is killing America and join the Klan and shit with like a bag of rocks oh attached to the flyer. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know that much has gotten better. Yeah. You when, know? Wait, when what did this happen? was like last week? Oh my God. June of 2022. Ew. So this Yikes. is where we're at. Yeah. America. All right. So, you know, voting suppression, I'm just going to kind of go over that real well, real quick, too. You know, I mean, it, it had been an issue for over 100 years in Mississippi, and I didn't get into too many, but yeah, many wild and drastic laws were put in place to keep um, as many black people from voting as possible. We can look back at the Mississippi Plan of 1875 to see where it really took off. The plan being put in place to use intimidation and fraud and to undermine success of black people. And then later poll taxes were added for decades in Mississippi. And not only would the state collect the poll tax, but the county would often as well. So if you already have like lower economically standing Mm -hmm. black citizens are going to have a harder time paying it. So it just makes it easier to control the vote. Um, At the time, Mississippi, and this is like the 60s, at the time, Mississippi had the lowest amount of black voters of any state. Only at 6.7% were registered to vote. Um, aside from radical illegal laws they were trying to pass to continue voter suppression they relied heavily on section 244 which i think you even briefly talked about but this is what mississippi senator theodore bilbo which is his real name (laughs) (laughs) this is what he had to say and this is like the early 1900s so like just to keep in perspective what what people were openly saying out of their mouths um so he said this The poll tax won't keep them from voting. What's keeping them from voting is Section 244 of the Constitution of 1890. Damn few white men and no N-words at all can explain. So Section 244 meant a person had to articulate clearly the interpretation and understanding of the Constitution. If one could not prove that they could comprehend it, then they did not get to register to vote. So it's really convenient. I mean, if you just throw out really, really tough questions, which... No one yeah. would be able to answer. Um, you can just go, well, sorry, you're not comprehensive enough of the Constitution. Yeah. You don't get a vote. So it was just so easy. And that didn't get overturned until 1965. Uh, Section 244 could no longer legally be used to suppress uh, a person's right to vote, um, which is, yeah, the voting, basically the voting act of like mm-hmm. today that people are currently trying to get rid of. Okay, so this is where real-life hero Vernon Dahmer comes in. In 1965, Wholesome Vernon was fiercely fighting for civil rights. Um, In addition to being a businessman, he also was the president of the Hattiesburg NAACP chapter and was leading local and statewide voter registration campaigns. Um, But this did put him on the radar of local Klan leader Sam Bowers. So before we get into all the truly horrible things that happened to poor Vernon, um, we're going to talk about just what an awesome dude he was. Uh, He was born in 1908 to a white father and a biracial mother who was born out of wedlock by a white slave owner and one of his slaves. So even though he was light-skinned enough to pass as white, he Mm -hmm. chose to forego those privileges and live as a black man. Mm -hmm. Looking at his picture, I remember looking at it, I was like, oh, he's that white guy. But I guess he is, it's hard. It's like a grainy fucking black and white photo. But I I thought he was white. But he definitely Mm -hmm. easily could have passed, I think, for for a white dude. But he still chose, like, nope, I'm going to... I'm black and I'm proud of that. So in 1949, when trying to register to vote, a white segregationist and dickhead in charge denied his registration. Um, He said he would only authorize the registration of a black person if they could answer the question, how many bubbles are in a bar of soap? 
This, of course, was very eye-opening moment for Vernon. Um, so experiencing that suppression yeah. firsthand of just complete abuse of power. In the 1950s, along with Medgar Evers, um, he founded the youth NAACP in Hattiesburg. Just real quick insight, because this is like a couple stories within a story. Mm -hmm. So just to cover Medgar Evers, like, I think he is definitely an important enough person, like, not to just yeah. skim over real quick. So... Medgar Evers was a black civil rights leader, and he had sadly become a target due to his heavy involvement in the public investigations into the murder of Emmett Till mm -hmm. and also the 1960 wrongful conviction of Clyde Kennard. And I will also get into him. Okay. That's the other guy I wanted to talk about. Um, but Evers was incredibly public. He would organize gas station boycotts. He would distribute bumper stickers that said, don't buy gas where you can't use the restroom. Um, and he fought hard to desegregate schools. But on June 12th, 1963, after pulling into his driveway and carrying NAACP t-shirts with the words Jim Crow must go, he was shot in the back and later died of his injuries um, in the hospital. Uh, and there was, and I tried to look this movie up and I had to rent it and I didn't, but there's a movie called The Ghosts of Mississippi starring Alec Baldwin and Whoopi Goldberg about the, course case, uh, the court case of his murderer. Hmm. Um, and I think I've seen it, but it's been like a really long time. Aww. So... Now, Clyde Kennard, real quick. Um, so this man was three years into college when his stepfather died in 1955, and he had to return home to Mississippi from Chicago, where integration wasn't really an issue. His time in college was after he had already spent seven years serving in the Army, but there were no black colleges for him to finish his degree when he got back home. Um, Mississippi Southern College, which is now University of Southern Mississippi, told him his application was rejected because he didn't have references from five alumni in his county. So when he asked for a list, they told him that a list didn't exist and he was shit out of luck. So Clyde went public in the paper basically saying he wasn't going to go away. He was uh, going to continue to be aggressive in applying. Mm -hmm. The college panicked because Kennard met all of the requirements with the exception of the references. And then it got to the point because these were all powerful people working together. The FBI got involved to try to find dirt on Kennard just so that he couldn't go to that college, oh um, only to find that his record was squeaky clean and um, really, really impressive. Uh, so even the governor, the fucking governor, met with him to dissuade him from applying, telling him, like, J now is just not the right time. So Clyde did begrudgingly withdraw his application and just because of this insane mounting pressure mm -hmm. on him from very powerful people. But later that year, he must have had a change of heart because he was like, fuck it. And he put his application in yet again because mama didn't raise no bitch. Mm -hmm. So they continued, the college like still continued to make excuses. Yeah. They were just, it was an ever receding pocket of you're not going to get accepted. So one night while driving home, he was pulled over most likely for nothing and charged with excessive speeding and illegal possession of whiskey, which was all bullshit because he was very religious and literally didn't drink at all. So that ploy didn't work mm -hmm. to get him from like getting into college. And then on September 25th, 1960, Kennard was accused of being an accomplice to stealing $25 worth of chicken feed. The entire case was flawed and full of holes, but the all-white jury only took 10 minutes to find him guilty, and he was sentenced to seven years in prison. What? For $25 worth of chicken feed. Oh so now that he had a felony on his record, he was no longer eligible to go to college. And the man who had actually stolen the chicken feed, because it's not like they just said he did it and he had no chicken feed. They got a guy to say, oh, yeah, I worked with this guy, Kennard, and he was the mastermind behind the whole thing. I stole it. but And that guy only got probation. Clyde oh Kennard, seven years in prison, doing labor. So he went to do labor on the prison's cotton plantation. After one year, he had been, uh, 
After one year, he began having severe abdominal pains. And even after doctors, they found a legion on his colon. Mm. They gave him no medical treatment, just sent mm. him back to prison. So one doctor did end up begging the prison to, to give him early parole on medical grounds because he only had a 20, he had a 20% chance of living within the next five years mm-hmm. or, or like five years or more. Um, but the prison guards were like, nope, he's totally faking it. And despite the fact he had lost 40 pounds in the year that he was there. So instead of giving him rest, they ordered that other prisoners carry him out to the fields. And then when he collapsed, they would carry him back to his cell. Um, he was, and I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, luckily people started to hear about the, like what was happening to him. And then there was a lot of public pressure and then they did let him leave on probation. So he was able to get emergency surgery, but by then it was too late and he passed away shortly after that. And then in 2006, the courts finally recognized and like that found him innocent and like took he, it off his record. Did he have cancer or something? Or? He did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, he did oh. have cancer. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I, it's okay. that I was, was in my brain <laughs> and I never put it on paper. Um, so that, sorry. So those were two kind of mm-hmm. inside the story stories, but it just seemed like yeah. important enough to chat about. Sad. So back to Vernon Dahmer, mega badass. He was an exceptionally good dude. He was of course, uh, Oh, he was, of course, through personal experience. No, I don't know what the fuck I was typing (laughs) there. Okay. But anyway, so he knew through personal experience and the general vibe of the community, the stories he had heard about, you know, I mean, obviously no one is voting, like, because they can't, so they know how bad it is. Um, He valiantly launched uh, voter registration drives. He had annexed large tracts of land. He built a commercial or, oh my God, sorry, he annexed large tracts of land to build like for commercial cotton production he owned a sawmill and he owned a grocery store so he is incredibly successful um to make him even better he was a leader of the shady grove baptist church choir in 1964 Dahmer was a speaker of the hattiesburg freedom day um, which was a mobilization of hopeful would-be black uh, voters over 150 brave citizens showed up to register at the courthouse that day despite you know, violent threats and everything while they were trying to protest and just to register to vote. You know, like I said, there were some like violent, openly violent threats, but only a handful of people were even allowed into the court to try to register. And then even less than that were given the right to vote that day. So like 150 people, 150 people showed up and like, it sounds like maybe three or four people actually got the right to vote that day. Um, in 1965, Dahmer had obtained the right and materials needed to register voters and collect poll taxes uh, at his store. So he had like his grocery store set up. He was going to have people come register and I'll cover your poll tax. Like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on January 9th, 1966, um, Vernon Dahmer announced on the radio that he would pay for the poll tax for anyone that couldn't afford it. So I think that was the problem was he was very public about it, but he's trying to get his message out there. Like how else are people going to know? And the poll tax that year was also 100% illegal due to the fact that 1965, the voting rights act had passed. So you were not allowed to uh, tax anymore um, because it's basically like a poor tax, you know, and you can't do that to people that gets to the ears of the KKK. Um, But then at 2 a.m. on January 10th, Molotov cocktails and a hail of gunfire basically bombarded his house um, with his family inside. Vernon helped his wife and children out of the home through the windows and while everything around them went up in flames, Vernon went back inside to get a gun to shoot uh, at his assailants and his family ran to find shelter. Uh, from not only the flames, but the, from the insane psychopaths yeah. shooting at them. So mm-hmm. Vernon knew he needed to be 
uh, a distraction to guarantee that his family would get to safety. Mm-hmm. So he's like in a burning home, just shooting, like knowing he's going to die. So his family was lucky enough to escape. I think they said like one of his daughters got like a little bit of burns on her face, mm-hmm. but otherwise I think that might've been like the worst of the injuries for, for his family. But Vernon was not so lucky. He died in the hospital 12 hours later in his wife's arms from severe burns and smoke inhalation, and he was only 58 years old. Mm. So four of his six sons were actually active military members serving their country. So it's said by the time they got home, their father had passed away and smoke was still rising from the ashes of their family home. Um, The Hattiesburg Area Chamber of Commerce had led community efforts to rebuild their home. Local state businesses donated materials and others to the... uh, And I'm sorry, I'm like so... I'm not speaking well. (laughs) Local state businesses donated materials and others their service. Dahmer's school-aged children were actually given college funds as well. Hmm. So I'm not sure how long it took, but at least 13 people were brought to trial, eight on charges of murder and arson. Four were actually convicted. Sam Bowers, local Klan leader, was also charged, but that fuckery is a slippery little eel, and he evaded justice for a really long time. Uh, Billy Roy Pitts, Sam Bauer's bodyguard, had dropped his gun at the scene and entered a guilty plea. Billy only served three years. In fact, three of the four convicted for that crime were pardoned within just four years. Um, so yeah, if Clyde Kennard's story doesn't get your blood boiling, yeah. I mean, compare his sentence to their sentence, and, yeah. right? Like, where the fuck is the justice? So Sam Bauer's imperial wizard, who ordered the hit, <laughs> was tried four times. He was tried four fucking times, and every time he pleaded the fifth... And the cases ended in mistrial. He just, no one could get him. Um, So finally, in 1991, the case was reopened. The city dragged its feet with the case for a while, but it wasn't until a new attorney general was was elected that the case finally picked up some steam. The FBI went into his background and found, like, some really terrible shit, of course, because he's a terrible, shitty person. Uh, The FBI had learned that the Mississippi White Knights, the bit that Sam Bowers was in charge of, had around 10,000 members. Mm -hmm. I think you had mentioned that, too. Um, The FBI attributed nine murders, 300 beatings, burnings, and bombings to Bowers and his little clan of losers. They concluded that Bowers sent two carloads of Klansmen with 12 gallons of gasoline, white hoods, and shotguns to Dahmer's home. So they were like, this is it for Dahmer and his family. Um, It should be noted that Bowers had admitted to the Mississippi Sovereignty Commission. So the Sovereignty Commission was created in 1956 to, and I just like copy and paste this, Mm -hmm. uh, protect the sovereignty of the state of Mississippi and her sister states from federal interference. In practice, it worked to preserve segregation. Um, In secret, the commission harassed and spied on activists, branding many of them racial agitators and, um, you know, communist infiltrators. So this is obviously like a terrible group of people. Um, he admitted to them that he had tampered with the jury at some point to stay out of prison. So he's like doing all this shit, man. Uh, during his trial in 1996, some crusty ass Klansman testified on Bauer's behalf, just singing his many praises of being a Southern gentleman and how not racist he was. And oh, he never used any racial slurs or anything, but it's like you're leader of the KKK. Yeah. How are you not a racist person? <laughs> So he went so far as to paint the KKK as a benevolent organization that was just misunderstood, man, and definitely not a terrorist organization, which it obviously is. So Bowers, not to surprise anyone, in 1966, just uh, a year after Dahmer's home was firebombed, was convicted of federal conspiracy charges in the Mississippi burning case. So he actually went to prison for 
for that. Side note, we should all be horrified that he taught Sunday school to children. Um, where I can only imagine it's like Jesus with sandy hair, blue eyes, and fair skin. <laughs> Uh, who loved America and guns. Uh, so during the trial, his even shittier lawyer tried to actually compare what he saw as persecution of his client to the same that was Hitler persecuting the Jews. Oh my God. Right? What a fucking crybaby. So, in fact, Jones County, just north of Hattiesburg, was known as one of the meanest Mississippi, meanest in Mississippi for Klan activity, which also happened to be Bowers' base of operations. Mm-hmm. Uh during the end of the trial, right before the verdict was read, Bowers actually started, he took his watch off and he emptied out his pockets in anticipation of the guilty verdict being read because he knew, like, he was he was done. So, sure enough, he was guilty um, of ordering the hit on Vernon Dahmer, which was clearly an emotional moment for the family. There were a lot of tears, lots of hugs of both comfort and celebrating the verdict, and then the family did give thanks to the court for finally getting around to serving some justice. Yeah. Um, to end, though, I thought I would read a small snippet out of Clyde Kennard's last words um, as he slowly deteriorated from his illness. He wrote something called Ode to Death, and he said, uh, It's true my eyes are dim, my hands are growing cold. Well, take me on then that I might at least become my soul. Aww. And I thought that was very sweet, sweet and sad. Yeah. So my sources were NAACP.org, no specific author, Mississippi History Now, an article by Timothy J. Minchin, uh, law.northwestern.edu, no specific author, the zinedproject.org, also no specific author, New York Times articles, one by Jennifer Lee and one by Rick Bragg, the aaregistry.org, no author, um, civilrightsteaching.org, an article by Joyce Ladner, a Times article, no author, it just said Mississippi vote for a reason, pewresearch.org, an article by Drew DeSilver, and Chicago Tribune, Daylene Glanton, an article by her. Um, So that was the case of poor Vernon Dahmer, who... He's just, like, trying to do good. Yeah, I... Like, the basics. Like, can we just fucking vote, please? And then, oh, I did read some transcripts from that dude, Sam Bowers. Uh, Some people interviewed him, and he Uh. was like, I just want to get my story on the record, because I'm a bitch. So, he was just... The way he talks about himself, like, he he was not a stupid guy. Like, I mean, really intelligent. I mean, he, he served in the Navy. Like, he said he had black troops under him as well. And, like... It was so weird, his thinking, man. Like, the way he would talk about things. Well, first he said he got his idea of, like, fascist thinking from the Navy specifically. Almost like, I don't know. Like, oh, the (laughs) Navy really taught me how to be a dictator, basically, within my clan. And then um, he was saying, too, something about, like, having black uh, sailors under him. Well, they had to go on a train in a segregated city. And he was like, it was just such a hassle. And, you know, his view was, like, Black people absolutely should not have served in the military because then that meant that they were equal. Like, you can't be a veteran and a second-class citizen. It's better to just not have them in the service at all because then otherwise, like, mentally I'm having a hard time knowing that we fought in the same war. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we both served our country valiantly. Like, this is the highest honor you can give to your country. But he, like... Yeah. Then he he just sounded, like, confused. Like, he didn't know what to think (laughs) about that. So... Um, just the way, I don't know. Like, there's there are transcripts. Oh, shoot, I think I already closed that window. I can't, I don't know if I can find it. But um, the dude was just wild. And the way he spoke, it was like, man, if I was, 
This sounds really shitty. Yeah. If I was dumber, I would totally be like, eating up his words yeah. or at least less aware. Yeah. Maybe dumber is an incorrect word yeah. to use, but less aware of the actual facts and having, I have a healthy dose of skepticism in me. I think, I hope. Yeah. And I would, I'm going to continue that as long as I <laughs> yeah. can. But it's like, if you don't have that yeah. and you're, you're nervous and you're scared and shit's falling yeah. apart around you, you might really yeah. latch onto that. So. And as someone who just talks well, it's kind of like and charismatic. He's, and just he like, sounds good. Yeah. Like when he speaks, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about and he's really together. But then you have to kind of like blink and look at the words again. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Be wary. Be skeptical. <laughs> yeah. So that's my bit. Cool. Kind of cool how we... I was so to, nervous when you, you yeah. said Sam Bowers and White Knights. And I was like, that's... I was kind of laughing. I was like covering <laughs> my face like, oh no, that's she's so going to do it all. Because I was going to talk more about it. And then oh, I was like, oh God. no, like I was feeling lazy. I was like, maybe I'll go back. But yeah, so it's funny. Cool. Kind of, yeah. Nice. Um... And then I'll just throw out a couple more things, just just from like having passing by this information. Yeah. You know how we we talk about Martin Luther King Jr. and we yeah. have a day for him, which I'd like to remind people: two states still share Robert E. Lee Day with Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. Day, yeah. and that happened after Martin Luther King Jr. Day became a national holiday. Just throwing that out yeah. there. And then also his approval ratings when he was alive uh-huh. were not good. Really? Like everybody hated him like he was at like a 20 something percent approval rating and it's like we forget that like nobody liked him like we see him as now this like very strong figure fiercely fought in you know the best way he knew how and very loving and giving man and then like you forget that everybody just wanted him to die yeah you know target of the fbi they labeled him a communist you know he's the most dangerous man to this nation and yeah so it's it's easy to forget like how bad it was yeah back then yeah i remember hearing rumors too about him like reading stuff like he cheated on his wife and like i've seen that brought up too yeah tony Uh actually i remember saying martin luther king and he was like you know he cheated on his wife oh really (laughs) like okay (laughs) i really don't care where you put your dick man i care about (laughs) how you treat other people yeah uh I, I think the same goes with politicians. Whenever it's, you hear about a scandal, yeah. it's like, I don't give a fuck that he got a blowjob. Like, who <laughs> fucking cares? Yeah. I care about the laws he's yeah. passing and the money he's stealing. <laughs> fuck. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, I had forgot to tell, like, say it during my story, too. But after that um, guy, the price guy, had, um, like, t- he kind of, like, got all them in together after they killed the three boys and, like, told them something like boys you did good here today Ugh. like the state of mississippi would be proud of you and just like this whole fucking speech basically and like yeah it's pretty disgusting but well, you gotta get that hive mind down <laughs> yeah you gotta all conform and grunt at each other that you're yeah. doing the right thing Ugh. fucking dicks yeah. so um yeah oh i did want to share it. i discovered uh, someone bought me <laughs> this wrapper this role for the marijuana but it's clear it's like plastic but it's not plastic isn't it like the glycerin or or it's like it said some sort of uh asiatic so i don't remember (laughs) something it's like a cellulose yeah Yeah, cellulose that's what it is okay yeah 
something like that. So it's really fun. You can see it inside. It's, it's so like crazy. a see-through dishwasher. You feel like you're going to die while you're smoking. Right, a little bit. It's like, oh boy, that that is quite a lot, isn't it? Oh my gosh, my brother posted on his story and it was like, papers that looked like $100 bills and it even had like the little blue strip on it oh, and nice. I literally thought he was smoking like a hundred I was like um you fucking dick I messaged him I was like is that real he's like they're papers lol he like probably thinks I'm stupid as hell like no but if you've never my, like, seen 16 it 16 year old brother yeah yeah whatever <laughs> I don't remember I feel like I saw some really really cool little like one hitter it looked like something completely different I don't remember yeah. oh oh it was so stupid it was like the grinder was a golf ball. And the, oh. The little hitter was like the little white thing that the ball sticks oh. on. I don't know what the fuck that's, that's called. That's funny. The, um, Who? Driver? Or... Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it's so funny because I was just watching like last, not last night, but the night before. Um, What is it? Uh, Starsky and Hutch. The new The movie one? with um, Ben Stiller oh, okay. and... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Owen Wilson? Yeah. 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 And... um. The guy's like, hand me my whatever. And he literally said the name of that thing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Why didn't you take notes, Laura? I know, right? <laughs> How could you not anticipate this moment? Snoop Dogg is in that movie. That movie is actually <gasps> is pretty really? fucking funny. Yeah. Okay, I need to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Because I made, we were started, we started watching with Robbie Zoolander. Yeah. And like, oh, that dude. movie's so fucking I love stupid. Zoolander. Yeah. I That's don't know. That's how yeah. Starsky and Hutch is. It's like is so it? stupid. Yeah. Okay. But it's funny. I'm in. I'll watch it with her. Like, because she always wants to watch something yeah. funny. Like, I don't know. I'll be like, don't you want to watch Ghost of Mississippi about this trial, <laughs> about this civil rights hate crime? Like, and I can't get her into no. it, man. So yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, we should probably watch some Starsky Notch. That's funny. Your poor little 12-year-old brain can't handle this. <laughs> I'm 37, and I struggle. Yeah. It makes my blood boil. While we were watching it, too, though, like, I made this joke, like, I don't know, because I was looking at Ben Stiller, and um, I was like, I feel like I kind of look like Ben Stiller. And then Dylan was like, what? He's like, are you Ben Stiller's illegitimate daughter? But then I was like, okay, like, that's... I fucking wish. <laughs> I was like, that's enough of this joke, okay? Yeah. Like... And then my sister came home. I was like, do you think I look like Ben Stiller? And then she was like, uh, she's like, I'm... I kind of... She's like, I guess, like, the eyes, maybe, da, da, da. And then I was like, okay, guys, this is yeah. enough. Like, And then Jared came in. She's like, Jared, you think Laura oh looks God. like Ben Stiller? I was like, no, please, let's stop. He's like... I could see like the bone structure. So oh then everyone's saying like different things Everybody about fucking Ben Stiller. Up. And then I was like looking at myself like. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Okay. Sign the petition. We need to get DNA test. Laura is Ben Stiller's love child. It's funny. You are Laura Stiller as we know you. Where's my inheritance? Right. No. I'm ready for my college fund, Daddy. Uh, um. Okay, yeah, let's get that going. All right. Oh, yeah, we still haven't talked about how to say goodbye. I yeah. mean, it's fairly straightforward. Find our petition on <laughs> Instagram. <coughs> Link in the bio. Stiller sucks. Die. <laughs> Go. Uh, I'm dying. <coughs> uh, farewell. Farewell. Ciao. <laughs> goodbye.